0: A question Like Mexican? You eat like Mexican people? Food, chili? Hmm? Picanto? (laughs) Chili? Yeah. And then chili, they eat extra chili, no? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Huh? More picante. Uh, picante? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not for me, no. <laughs> they speak Spanish there too, huh? All right, Spanish and Chile, you see? Okay, good, good. Then we can communicate in English. <laughs> because I don't uh, know Spanish. I can read it, yeah. I just met a, a lady from Chicago. She just looked at my picture and she saw white light already. And you have to sit there three hours and see nothing. <laughs> Gosh, shame on <with> you. <laughs> yeah, you know, she came, there was the lady, just talk to me, I don't know her name. You see? here? Oh yeah, she's behind her. Okay, look at that, look at that. I'm telling <laughs> you, okay. right? You say you just saw, you both saw my teacher
1: only? Yes, yes.
0: And then you saw white light already. And she read the book. and put the book down. That's what she just tell me. Yeah. And shame on you. Sit there and listen to all this initiation instructions, and know how to cross leg and all that and don't see nothing. Huh? You tell me you don't see nothing. She's black and she see white light. Are you see, you see black. That's the funny stuff. I'm sorry if I say you're black, honey. I'm yellow, by the way. Just very
1: near. <laughs>
0: You know when God made us in the oven, in the oven of a uh, of, of, uh, of, uh, test, yeah? Test of our endurance, the black people come out with flying black color. <laughs> and everybody else will so pale because they came out first. You know, the black people endure the most, they stay right behind until the last minute. Yeah, and God said, alright you All right, y'all come on, and then they come on. That's why they're all black. <laughs> they're all cooked, you know, well done. <laughs> <laughs> we are just a medium rare or, you know, half-baked, <laughs> so they so pale, you know, like the Sophie and you know, or yellow like me, you know. I was, you know, near last, but <laughs> not the last, The best come out at the last way. Right? <laughs> That's why they see the white color because it's black. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, it's just a joke. Was it a bad joke? <laughs> no, huh? <It's> good, <laughs> Yeah, You're welcome. <laughs> okay, never mind. You just take things for granted, you know. Your situation sometimes are too good, okay? Too good. And you just keep back and relax and wait for God to come whenever He comes. Huh? And other people, sometimes, uh, that situation. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I know my standing don't make much difference, <laughs> even with my high heels and everything. I feel the room was different, and I "So I have to do this." Oh all right, All right. I'm just saying now uh, that uh, because some of us you know some of us including myself perhaps the situation is so good huh oh i'm sorry if you don't understand english okay okay so chị à hồi nãy có phải mà đã mấy cái chỗ nói tiếng luật thì ha mấy người không có cái năm tôi đã rồi đó nha tại ngày mai mình mới có cái hệ thống phiên dịch đó tại ngày mai mới bắt đầu mà ngày hôm đó bắt đầu chứ hả ngày mai bắt đầu okay Please, I will take a moment to I to I I I just have to apologize to those people. And any other language I don't speak of, you know, please just sit there and if you don't want, you can leave. <laughs> it's uh, free America. <laughs> okay, so uh, go back to our situation. Many of us, our our background, our situation is too good, you know, like we're rich, uh, maybe not very rich, like uh, Rockefeller or whatever fella, but but we have enough means to survive, you know, and uh, we can go see uh, the Madame Qinghai anytime we want. <laughs> <laughs> so it, we take it for granted, you know. And so when we meditate, we don't concentrate very well. And that's why we don't have uh, uh, have such a deep, sincere, and burning longing in our heart. And that's why we have very less experience compared to people in a less fortunate, so-called less fortunate circumstance, materially or physically. Like the people, for example, in some of the restricted countries like China or Vietnam or other communist countries. All oh, their experience are exceptional. You know, huh? You know very well, huh? When you saw them, and they tell you, huh? Or sometimes they write it on a magazine anonymously because we don't want... Normally, we don't want people to know who's having a higher level, who's not. Because like this is also no good for the high-level person. Such is the nature of the human beings that whatever is not uh, in our level, but is higher, then we pull them down. Thing like that, we try, or we feel jealous and envious, and we send bad vibration to those people, and they affect their spiritual practice too. That's why I told you don't tell people your experience. Understand? Even to the fellow practitioners, sometimes you can never tell <laughs> whether they are up to that yet or not. huh? Mm. You see, Sambo, yeah? Jesus came, Buddha came, uh, Mohammed came, and uh, you know, all, all these gurus, all these masters came. And what did we do? The human race. Kill them, torture them, make trouble for them, just because they're too high for us. We can't comprehend this kind of greatness, so we just have to tear them apart to see what is inside. This is our human nature. And after we tear them apart, we kill them or we torture them, and then punish them, and then we love them again. And then if they come back with all glory, we begin to... Yeah? The same, the same in political <laughs> situation, yeah? Anytime a, a president is voted, you know, and uh, half of the population will tear him apart. If not, he would have done a great deal more for the country than he could have done, or he did, or she did, whatever, okay? the master, or maybe any uh, great uh, political leader also. Most of great leaders, they have spiritual uh, aspiration in their heart, and that's why they're great. And if not, they're just a politician. Uh, uh, A bad one at the most. (laughs) If they don't have spiritual sustain in their soul, they cannot be even good politician, understand? Can't be good at anything. So spiritual attainment is the foremost important thing in this life. We have to achieve before we want to achieve anything else, be it financial status, fame, name, or or, 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 politics. We want to lead people, we have to lead ourselves first out of darkness. And let it be a reminder to us that uh Even in our favorable favorable situation, we always have to try to remind ourselves that God comes first. God, that is our true self. I'm not here to preach you that I have to kneel every day to God and worship Him because if there is such a God, He doesn't need us to worship Him anyhow. But uh, let's remember, let's remember that He is us. God are us. God is us. And so we have to remember our great self in order to survive first <laughs> and then to get out of darkness in this world. Because in favorable situation and in happiness physically, we tend to forget what is the most important thing. We forget. And then we, we plunge back to suffer again and then we, we, we scream again and then we pray to God and all that. and. It's sometimes too late, we already suffer. So it is better that we remind ourselves every day, try to endeavor. Before you sit to meditation, try to pray to God in any way that is dear and is is, uh, touching your heart. Pray to God, pray to the inner master, pray to your inner self, pray to Buddha, whomever you feel that is dearest to your heart, please help me to remember who I am. Please help me to be enlightened more and more every day. And that's it. Once, enough. If you sincerely pray once time, once is enough. Because you yourself hear it. <laughs> if you're not sincere, you can shout the whole day long. Huh? You know yourself, know it don't work. <laughs> because you don't have, you don't put the whole self in that prayer. And that's why it doesn't work. But sometimes it works, the prayer, you know, because when you're so desperate already, and so down, and you know you really down. You pray at that time, you see the light, even if you ordinarily don't see it or difficult for you to see. Otherwise, at that time you will see. Is that not so? have you experienced? Yeah. How come so 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 small? Yes. Only two or three? Yeah. Two? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just saying out of my own experience. If you don't have it, then you don't have to say yes. <laughs> But uh, you can try, you can try again. huh? If you fail, if we fail, we have to stand up and do it again. Every day we have to renew our strength in God and in our practice, and in what is beautiful and truth and glory. We cannot just sing in this material world and material comfort and material kind of life forever. We cannot because we are not that. We are not that at all, including this body. Now, now we still remember it, so we still stay here. But in samadhi, we don't remember the body even. The body don't exist. And we know we are not the body at all. At that time, we know our true self. And all of us have to endeavor to reach that state of selflessness and then you will know what, what God is, truly God is. At the moment, we already know God as an um, abstract being, like bless us, help us do this, do that, and answer our prayers. And we already know God to some extent, but it's not enough. It's not enough that every day we pray for material comfort and uh, for to solve some problem to us and you know, all that. It's not enough. We have to reach the state of being one with God, then we know, we know we are God, and we are children of God, and we are God also. That is the state that Jesus, Buddha, and other masters have attained, and we must endeavor to attain that too. There's nothing more worthwhile in this world, is it? Huh? I told you many times, suppose you become uh, the king of the whole world, and then what? Would you eat more than six times a day? and get fat. <laughs> and then you have problem, you have to go to liposuction, whatever, <laughs> or diet, you know, exercising, and I'm sweating a lot, and it might not even help. Nah? And suppose you become uh, president of a country, and then what? What else do we have? We still go out empty-handed. It's okay to work and earn money and uh, strive to be successful, Yeah, because that's the sport, we do it. Just like if we go into a football field or basketball field, we have to play as the best, as the best as we know how. But that doesn't mean that's the only thing that we should do in this world. That's just by the way, huh? just by the way.
1: Mm.
0: If we do not uh, remember this, uh, then uh, if we sit so long, we don't have experience. The people who have experience also have to remind themselves, don't be too proud, don't be too relaxed, because there'll be more, a lot, a lot more to go. Huh? Always there are higher levels. There's no end, there's no roof to our attainment, like, okay, and I hit the roof and finished. <laughs> it's not. There's always more happiness, more bliss waiting for us at every step of the way, at every level of consciousness. So we always have to continue. And that's what is worth living for. Otherwise, if we live another 100 years and then what? Huh? Eat and sleep and uh, watch TV, that's it. <laughs> it's not much to do. Huh? Sometimes it's very boring here. So actually, um, when you say thank you to me, I I think I, I deserve it. <laughs> 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 because, because I have teach you some way to pass your time. Huh? In this boring world, suppose you don't have meditation, wow how boring can it be huh? sometimes huh? remember before you go to karaoke, you go to discotek, you go to movies and then what not what next? you know every day sometimes you don't want to get up because you don't know what to do next even if you have a lot of money and you can go to party every week or every two three times a week, you still feel bored huh? You eat a lot of. You know, caviar and vodka and whiskey and all that, and then you have hangover, and then hang around, and then hang your head down. <laughs> it's nothing much, is there? Huh? Yeah, that's all you can get in this world. And you wear a lot of jewelry, like me, and then what? <laughs> oh no, today is not. Is uh, this is a cheap one, about ten dollars? <laughs> this is not uh, my design. This is my design. Okay. Actually, if you don't want to buy any of my design, you know, I mean that's okay. I understand, because I don't want to wear them either. <laughs> now and again, okay, you know, if it's a special occasion, mm. because it's was tiring, huh? I understand. I like to wear those, you know, five-five dollars thing from Kmart or Target thing like that. You know, that's simple, easy, and you wear those simple clothes, huh? Run around, very comfortable. Mm. Yeah, as soon as I go back to my room or my house, I take this off immediately. Yeah, as soon as I get out of your sight, I'm just all off <laughs> because the 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 official clothes always make you feel too official, huh? Not relaxed. That's why I always advise you when you go to group meditation, you don't need to put makeup on. You just wear very simple, elastic kind of clothes, so comfortable, so you can sit. And you feel relaxed and you can forget about the body. All this official clothes is only for official function. Otherwise, the, it reminds you too much of the physical body and it doesn't make you feel good. It's not a sin. It's not a sin to wear beautiful clothes, it's not. It's just mm, too uncomfortable, too self conscious, yeah? Make you aware of your beauty and your body and it's all this illusion, anyhow. Doesn't matter how beautiful we are. It's not real, right? It's not real. Because if it is real, we can maintain it all the time, from childhood until old age. It's not real. That's why we change every day. Things decay. Huh? And, uh, and it's not a sin to uh, take care of the physical body and the need or put on jewelry and all that. But too much conscious of the physical level make us uh, uh, kind of uh, heavy, huh? pull down to the physical level and it's difficult to rise up in meditation. That's all. Okay? Yeah? huh? Okay. <laughs> so whenever you need to put makeup on, then you do that. Huh? And if you don't need, just wipe it off, be yourself and meditate. Huh? Except when you have a very uh, choosy husband and he wants you to put makeup on, then do that. Okay, to keep him. <laughs> if you can't live without him, then you have to keep him. And if you can live without him, then say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just that in this world, we have to look decent, you know, in a very appropriate circumstance, so people don't think we are weird. Huh? Because anything weird uh, repose people, you know, make them feel that we are alien and we're strange people and untrustworthy. This is human nature. Anything look different from them, they destroy. They want to disturb, they want to make trouble. We already look very much the same, and a lot of people still want to disturb us for no reason. Sometimes we don't do anything at all. They still smell it. They smell that we have something different, something that they do not yet want to have because of their choice of life. I told you many times that people come here with different choice of life, right? Sometimes they choose to uh, transmigrate in this lifetime hundreds or thousands of times before they come back to the Kingdom of God. That's their choice, okay. But they like to keep us here with them because they don't want us to go home first. Yeah, they say, why? It's still fun. (laughs) Because of their choice, because of the nature of their choice. They feel the world is still fun. Yeah? And uh, the world is only fun when a lot of people play around with them. If suppose their friend gone, their wife gone, their kids gone, they will feel lonely. Even if they want to play, they want to drag everybody around and stay with them to play together. And that's the reason why a lot of other souls try to obstruct the elevating soul Try, try to obstruct the spiritual practitioners. It's like that. Just like kids also, you know. They're small and they want to play a lot. And they like to drag sister and brother, even though they grow up, you know, more a teenager, they play a different game. Or parents don't want to play children game anymore. But the kids, the children, always like the sister and brother or the uh, elder, uh, elder friend to play with them. You know, like to retain them, uh, to, 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 yeah, retain them in the playground well with them, even the parents. You see what I mean? Not that the kids are bad, they're just at that level. They love playing. And that thing is fun, to play with plastic door and plastic toys, and you know, play seesaw and all kinds of these kids' games, or oh, they feel fun, they can play all day long. And we, the adults, pass already, and we're tired of it. But sometimes we have to stay around and play with kids. And sometimes you have kids, you play like kids too, right? Just for their sake. And you you wear, you know, Mickey Mouse clothes and all that kind of thing too. And you wear, you know, reindeer kind of horn and all that, (laughs) just to play with kids. And sometimes uh, around the kids, you feel like a kid too, yeah? And you forget yourself as an adult. But we don't forget that often. We don't forget all day long. We don't forget 24 hours. And that is the difference between a spiritual practitioner and a non-spiritual practitioner. They are still kids. Let them play their game. And we sometimes play with them, like we put on makeup, we put on jewelry, and we do this, do that, just like they do. But we are aware that we are different, that we're bored with the uh, mundane spi- uh, physical game. Huh? So now you understand, huh? But don't be a kid forever, just like a parent, huh? A parents can play with kids sometimes, huh? But you have to remember yourself as a grown-up, no? Well, you can't help but remember because you have your work to do, right? Your money to earn and the whole family to take care. Even if you don't want to remember that you're an adult, you have to remember. Uh, similarly, when we grow up spiritually, we cannot play ignore a person anymore, even though sometimes we do. Eh? For the time being, for an hour, for half an hour, half a day, maybe one day, two days, one month, but not forever, because we already awaken, we already grown up spiritually. We are ready to take on the responsibility as saints, as Buddhas. We cannot pretend to be uh, uh, spiritually children anymore. And that's the difference. And That's why we do the way we do. That's why we have to meditate. That's why we have to keep the precept. That's why we eat the vegetarian. We have no other choice anymore. Even if we want to try, <laughs> go back to McDonald's or whatever, we just eat the french fries. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you bring the whole restaurant here. Over. Oh my God. <laughs> Make people envy. <laughs> okay, anyhow. Go back to where? I'm thankful to you, yes. To some of you, not all of you. (laughs) And some of you who try to do this and do that and arrange this, arrange that, you know. I do know that it's a very difficult thing to do, uh, organizing a retreat, because there are thousand and one things to take care. You know, in such a holiday season and to book a hotel in the middle of a capital city for, 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 for many thousands of people, it's not easy. Huh? And it's not that we have a lot of personnel in Washington, D.C. Anyhow, but I'm, I'm grateful so sometimes for your arrangement or your request. Without you, I would not do much. Yeah. The most would be take care of your letters, you know. Uh, proving some of the manuscripts, and you know, proofread read something, and sing along, uh, watch movies, huh? watch a video thing like that, and hang around. <laughs> so, because um, I don't think I have much to do anymore. You you tend to feel peaceful inside, don't you, after some times of practice, and you don't want to do anything. <laughs> That is the truth. huh? Before enlightenment, you still want to run here and there and, oh, do this, do that, save the world, you know. <laughs> and after a while, you feel everybody's okay. Whatever they choose to live their life, is fine, it's fine. But then luckily, some big bodhisattva, you know, with great vow from the past lives, come here to save the world for me. And then they will think of doing this, doing that, doing all that, you know. So all the work are done by you. Most of the work are done by you. The initial works have done by me, you know, like, I was invited to go here, go there and lecture, and then I did go. And then so I saw the seeds of uh, awareness uh, among the people, and then from then on you continue to do your job. Huh? And then now I'm... I don't feel that like there's much to do. So it's good sometimes like this that somebody requests, you know, even outside people. This, this party, this retreat would not take place if there has not been for a family. The, the the great musician family remember last time in Long Beach? Last year, same time? Yes. The one who played all kind of Vietnamese uh, uh, ancient instruments. Yeah, and they made it themselves and they modified it into different types, remember? Yeah, that great family. They want to do something before they retire. That's what they told me. I hope they won't retire afterward, but... <laughs> you know, they just think they want to do something the last time. And they requested that they would uh, make uh, kind of my teaching into music, some of my poetry and my teaching composed into music, and make it into a kind of Zen music. Yes, just like guitar. Yeah, Chitaro? Yeah, this kind of or new age, something like that, old age, whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, so, because they were very sincere, you know, and some of our fellow practitioners support them, support their ideas. And uh, I would feel a great, how uh, to say, kind <coughs> of great um, discomfort if I refuse such great people. And if they want to do something good for the world, you know, to add into the melodies of this world some more Zen kind of breathing, some more poetic and noble kind of music, how can I refuse? So that's how uh, this event takes place. Yeah? Because we are, um, since they are having a great night of musical. I'll say, a performance on the 27th. And so, so the practitioner also asked that, may it be also a retreat before that. Yeah? By the way, you know what I mean? To pray for world peace and pray for our peace and whatever. And then, and then we celebrate afterward, just by the way. So this retreat uh, come into realization because of uh, one of the non initiate people. people. No, a family. You see what I mean? So anything can trigger (laughs) our practice. So if we, the practitioner, don't have such an enthusiasm, uh, don't have such a patience and sincerity for spiritual practice, we would really feel ashamed of ourselves. Because even the non initiate people, they are so sincere and so, I would say, earnestly, wanting to do something for the world. And so we should be the more so. Capish? Mm. okay, nah. I don't know what else to say. All right, so you know already, huh? You know why we're here, huh? Yeah, okay. Anyhow, this is a capital of America, Great America, so behave yourself like a capital. <laughs> <laughs> you feel good here? Yeah. yeah, it's a city of culture. It's a city of uh, high class, huh? Of uh, international peacemaking and war decision. <laughs> Choose peace. Anyhow, this is a working city, huh? You feel restless a little here or not, huh? You don't? Well, I do. Couldn't sleep last night. I don't know what they did to my room. <laughs> Too many people arranging in my room and I couldn't sleep, you know? I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> That's why most of the time when I come to any place, I just sneak in. I don't let any of you know. That's the best. Even in an ordinary hotel, I sleep better. Whenever you arrange, I just keep jumping up and down in the bed, you know? <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> too, much, too much blessing. <laughs> Next time, just do it. Don't bless my bed, okay? <laughs> and don't bless my food, don't bless my kitchen, don't bless anything. Just leave it alone. <laughs> so then I can sleep a little, have a little rest. I come see you anytime, anyhow. Eh? Don't, don't be restless. Okay, all right. Any question? Okay, I see you. Huh? Uh. How am I or how
2: old?
1: <laughs>
0: how are you? Oh, I'm okay. Thank you. I'm okay. No, nothing, nothing, nothing. Where huh? i yeah, please. so <laughs> no, please. No No why. If you don't know, you please ask the the person in charge who know. You know, ask the Hofab or you know the gods or whoever the, the working staff out there. Huh? Okay. Because I don't know either. I tell you truly. The, the first time I know that this hotel called Hilton is because I came here. <laughs> yes, I don't know what street is on and what number even. I don't even know what room or anything, you know. I don't know where to go and what to do. So don't rely on me, don't ask me such kind of question I don't know anything. <laughs> okay? Anytime when uh, well, there is a retreat or a lecture or something like that, I'm driven there and driven back alone. I don't remember where I give lecture and what the address and, and, and... so don't ever ask me, okay? I don't remember. I don't know, okay? You ask whoever know, okay? And if that person doesn't know, you go and find someone else. Um, better ask the working staff, you know, the one who sits there and registers your name and all that. Perhaps they know, okay? They should know. And if they don't know, you, you, you tell me and then we both go and ask them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and make sure the kitchen uh, staff remember to cook food and leave it 24 hours for people who come late to eat. 24 hours, understand? Sometimes if you're hungry, you can go and nip something, but don't nip too much and the next person don't have. And don't eat too much because you can't meditate. 80%, okay? 80% uh, food or 10% water and leave 10% empty, okay? Like this the next meal tastes even better, also. Huh? Okay, bye bye. Salam. Salam.
2: I was initiated in July of this year. And for some time throughout the past few years prior to this, I had come to feel uh, feeling empty with my ambitions and uh, my material comforts that in the world. And my spirit was thirsty for a deeper sense of meaning in my life, uh, one which I have known and carried with me for quite a few years in my life. I'd been reading yoga philosophy and through my meditation I prayed to God to send me that fruit for which my soul was uh, so hungry. One day as I was reading at the local, our local spiritual bookstore I decided to take a break and dine next door at a popular vegetarian restaurant. It was there I came across a small booklet entitled The Key to Instant Enlightenment. I thought, what's this? Now instant enlightenment. Just add water and stir. But as I turned the booklet over, the words we the disciples of caught my eye. I was curious by the fact that this seemed to resemble more of a book than a booklet, and it was presented by the disciples of the author. And I was impressed by the amount of work that had obviously gone into it. And I thought some people must have a great sense and strength in, in belief, to go to all the time and expense to prepare this and offer it free to the public. So I took the book home and I began to read it. The words within it seemed to captivate my spirit, and in the simplicity and honesty in it, they had a great sense of appeal to my inner ideals of truth and meaning. It wasn't that it contained things I didn't already know, such as vegetarianism, world peace, love of God, world hunger, and the like. But it seemed like I was reading them, the words, for the first time. I could not put the book down, and, and after reading it, I found myself back at the local bookstore looking for f- further reading material by this author known as the Suma Ching Hai. I read all the books I could get my hands on, and within the span of a couple of weeks, I then contacted a meditation center in my area. It was after receiving a warm welcome there from the enthusiastic and loving disciples uh, there that, um, and after reading these truthful words imparted by the master, that I then realized what I had been come to looking for. I wanted to become initiated and I applied it my first visit to the Center. After a few months of waiting, my day of initiation had come and by that time I was doing a lot of reading by th- of the Master's books and was in eager anticipation of being hurled into ecstasy. I had visions of visiting glorious places with jeweled temples and, men- and mentally prepared to travel to heaven amid the sweet sounds of trumpets blasting in my soul transformed forever, never to return the same. I had thought of myself as being somewhat spiritually advanced prior to this, and therefore it came to me as a bit of a shock when I found an initiation that these great things that I had been expecting all this time just really didn't happen. But many things went through my mind at this time, Maybe I don't have many merits, I thought, or maybe something went wrong, or maybe I'm just not the idealistic soul that I profess to be and come to know these past years. As I began to think deeper upon this afterwards, and as I continued on with my daily meditation since, I slowly began to grow a bit more comfortable with my expectations. Why should I have any expectations of God at all, I thought, but rather except the greatness that surrounds me every day. As I looked at myself a bit closer, I began to dissect my own morals and and ambitions. It became clearer to me that I was not above or below anybody else, but rather just a man like any other, looking for the same loves and hopes we all look for within. And as I looked deeper, I began to see that all of us were heading in the same direction, just taking different paths—some higher, some lower, some faster, some slower. and As I looked within my heart, I began to plainly see that this was the gift offered me through my initiation, and not the grandeur I had expected. It seems that every time we encounter the truth, its simplicity evades us. As I continue with my meditation these days, and try my best to adhere to a simple and honest lifestyle, I stop from time to time and take my comforts and strength from these simple things. And thank my inner Master and Master Ching Hai for her unconditional love and help. Thank you very much.
3: The next person I would like to introduce is from Montreal, Canada Centre. Um,
4: I was
5: going through a difficult time with my husband because he was not in agreement uh, you know, with me coming to this retreat. He did sort of disagree with me coming.
4: Comme euh, j'allais méditer, la salle de méditation
5: n'était pas prête, je suis sortie.: The following Sunday, um, I went to meditate, but the meditation room wasn't ready, so I stepped out. Lorsque
4: je suis revenu, j'attendais la voix de maître au loin, et plus j'avançais vers la salle, je
5: ressentais une grande joie. Uh, when I came back in the room, I could hear Master's voice, and, and as I was walking into the room, the closer I was getting to that voice, the greater joy I was feeling and experiencing.
4: J'étais très heureuse
5: d'entendre Maître,
4: et ensuite je me suis mise à pleurer, car je ne voulais pas que mon mari ait de la peine.
5: Que mon mari quoi? Oh, <laughs> um, and I was praying greater joy, but at the same time I was a little worried because I was afraid that my um, husband would, you know, do something that would go against that.
4: Um, a coining
5: messenger was there, and at the end of the group meditation, he told me that even if I could not attend the retreat, I'd just, you know, be happy with what I have me suis a une lettre à mon mari et tellement que je ne pouvais plus écrire. I was very um, sad I was crying a lot and I was crying so much that I couldn't write down anything. J'ai prié de m'aider à accepter la situation et j'ai pu terminer ma lettre. I prayed to Master to allow me to you know, finish the letter and, and you know, sort of take myself you know, back into a more calm space.
4: Lorsque mon mari est arrivé pour dîner, je lui ai remis la lettre, et il m'a dit, ça me dérange pas que tu ailles
5: à la retraite. And when my husband came um, back that evening for dinner, um, I gave him the letter and he read it, and then he turned to me and said, it's okay, you can go to the retreat, I'm all right with it.
4: J'étais très heureuse de venir ici. Merci encore une fois de prendre soin de moi et de ma famille, maître.
5: I was very pleased with that, uh, as you may know, and um, I thank Master for taking care of everything, including my family.
3: from Chicago, Illinois Center, United States. Peace, everyone. I was initiated June 1st, 1997. I am also very excited and happy to be here today at this great, great occasion. I first heard about Master Ching Hai In August 1996, my husband and I were on vacation in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We were in a shop looking at books and rocks, crystals, and so forth. My husband discovered the book and brought it over to me. And he said, look. I looked at the front and then I opened it, but her picture on the front, there was something special about that picture. When I looked in her eyes, But I began to read it. I couldn't put it down. i put it down and pick it up. And on the way back to Chicago, my husband drove. I read the book periodically to him, you know, just telling him what was going on. And I began to see beautiful colors after this that that I'd never experienced before. the bright, bright uh, white light. It was just a wonderful experience. And, you know, telling him he was excited too. But it was truly a blessing. I felt just really uplifted. And, you know, I've known about the consciousness raising uh, positive teachings for many years. Um, And I knew that it was really a blessing meeting or finding out about Master Ching Hai because, you know, she was teaching the same teaching that we were used to all the wonderful teachings that she brought forth about Jesus and so forth, the truth about him. We were just elated to hear such a wonderful woman come forth, so sincere and serious, she's sound, but we'd never met her before. And I have also had experiences where I've seen like her image in dreams or just closing my eyes to meditate. I've had experiences on my job where problems were solved because of the initiation that I received, my husband also received initiation at the same time, so we're both practitioners. And most of all, yesterday, my first time at a retreat, my first time meeting Master Ching Hai, I had the opportunity to speak with her one-on-one. And I mean, I was so surprised, I was so shocked, I thought I wasn't going to be able to speak, but I was able to talk to her. And I'm writing a book and I, I just, I said, Master, I said, I would like to put your name in my book. She said, oh, you would, huh? She was coming down on the escalator. I was going up on the escalator. That's how it, I believe God planned the meeting in that way, but I turned around and proceeded behind Master and the group. And they were coming into the meditation hall and I just came in, and I stood along the side. And after a while, she turned to me, and she waved. And then she looked again, and she, oh, I said, she's begging for me to come. And I, I ran over, and some of the securities, run. I ran, and I mean, it was just amazing. But I just know it was God planning this. And my husband really, he couldn't come, but he encouraged me so much to come. He said, you should go. And I know why now. And I just feel I have so much to share with him and so many other people. We are all truly, truly blessed, way beyond our fondest imagination. It's a a blessing to follow whatever Master says, eagerly, speedily, whatever, because she is truly, truly God sent. And standing in her presence, you know, it's, it's just a blessing because I just felt the power of God, but a meekness and an humbleness about her. A giving, giving, giving spirit that I know of no one. And I did have a master before who left the body in 1983. So this is my second master. And I thank God because I know we were led to her. Thank you all, peace. This concludes the um, inner experiences for today. Um, We have some good news. We may be blessed with a very important guest. So I ask you all to close your eyes in meditation.
0: scared to meditate with you. I can't even sleep here. This <laughs> is incredible. <laughs> I thought I sleep upstairs, I'd be too cold, you know, lonely. I come here and sleep together with you but no chance. <laughs> <coughs> and then did <coughs> it <coughs> And then some handicapped have to park his car right in front of the road. <laughs> you know, right in the middle of the the walkway. You know, we we have this walkway. This for a thousand people to walk, not for you to park your car. The, the you no know, wheel car, you know, the handicapped car. It's not a handicapped car. I know you complain when you have some physical problem. But it's just a temporary, you know, like if you have an accident and you broke your leg and you have a cast, and just for a while, and then you'll be okay again. And don't make everybody else become handicapped by parking your car <laughs> on the road. And then I become handicapped too. And then we complain all together. <laughs> and you just try to catch attention. Yeah? You know, he complained already in, in, in LA. Hey! I have go to. Uh, I must go to Washington D.C. Somebody must take care of me. You know, it's not a must. We take care of you if we want to, because we want to show our care and attention. And you have to say, please, can you help me or can somebody? You know, not say like I must uh, go and somebody have to take care of me. Nobody has to take care of you. It's your own karma. Right? Just like some people bring the children in the center and expect that we become bodyguard and babysit all day long. Everybody go there just to meditate, like you do. And if luckily they don't have their lovely karma with them, then you don't throw their karma at them. You know, sometimes you have to watch your manner. This is very rude. Everywhere people try to take care of children and, uh, you know, the. Temporary handicapped people, but we should not use it, you know, should not abuse it and throw it at everybody's face and everybody else's expense. Whatever we have is our own problem, it's our own karma, we created it. Even if we don't create it, you know, if somebody else wants to help us, there's their own free will and free, you know, and and loving uh, (coughs) voluntarily. We cannot force people to take care of us because we are this, we are that, we are others. There's nobody here on us anything, and nobody anywhere on us anything, absolutely whatsoever. We are in this uh, company, and <laughs> the employees here are very <laughs> helpful already. <laughs> Our company is already the best. So don't try to make it You know, as if this is the end of the world. And if any one of you want to sit on the chair, for any reason, sit on the rear or on the side. Yeah? Don't pop yourself right in front of everybody else or right in front of me. I know you have the reason for sitting on the chair. You might have your long leg, you might not be used to it, uh, cross leg, you might have your leg problem. Or you might have your pain or something, it's all right. But consider somebody else that don't make everybody painful like you do. It's not necessary. yeah. We are a practitioner. We should be brave, we should be courageous, and we should take care of ourselves and accept whatever condition we are in, as much as we can. Unless necessary, we don't trouble other people. Everybody come here for the same purpose. They have the same problem like you do, more or less. They have to go through a lot of problems to come here. To pay the money, they have to... Uh, I say take holiday. sometime I have to quit the job if they couldn't get it, or if the boss don't feel like give them holiday and things like that. And they have to go through family discussion and be courageous to, uh, you know, go above all obstacles in order to come here. So we all have to respect everybody else's position, you know. And they're there, there, I say there. The privilege not to come here for you alone and don't try to catch my attention for yourself alone, because you will have it. When I pay my attention to you, you will see what it's like. <laughs> yeah. I don't like people to take advantage of everybody else's and just think of yourself at everybody else's expense. doesn't matter how much I love you and concern about your condition. I'm concerned about everybody else's well. I don't like people to, to take you know, everything <laughs> for themselves, and <laughs> nothing left for everyone else. You know, When I come down and just one or two of you and I make some problem and make me in bad mood, then everybody else have to share that too. You understand? And that is no good. And make sure if you want to come here next time or any time, consider everyone else's position. Your alarm clock, we don't need here. You always wake up on time for dinner <laughs> because somebody else will knock you out of your somebody or <laughs> you know, everybody else will get up and then you know. Normally we have the rule for meditation hall: huh? don't bring the, 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 all kind of plastic back and cushion and alarm clock and any titi tata like watching the meditation hall. Everyone should know already from the meditation center. But every time, you commit the same mistake. And the time here is very short and very valuable. If it's not for you, then for everyone else. So if you don't feel it's valuable, then you stay in your room, meditate, sleep, whatever you want. Nobody is forced to come here. when you come here, you behave and be responsible. Just thinking, suppose you are in the other person's shoe, what would you feel, what would you think? And don't try to just uh, feel sorry for yourself too much at everybody else's expense, including mine. I'm not always in a good mood. I want you. You know already very well my temper. (laughs) Need I advertise on TV? (laughs) Yeah, When I don't like it, I don't like it. (laughs) There's no nonsense about me. And if you don't know it by now, (laughs) God helps you. (laughs) Okay? Don't always try to stick out so that I can see you. Just sit where you are, I see you, all right. Okay, now it's time. It's fast today, huh? Just have a little sleep and then four o'clock already. What happened is last night I did some research, you know, in here, for some of your question yesterday, because yesterday we, I did give you some answer, but after, wa- after a while I came home and I, and I mean I came to my room and I thought there's something else missing, yeah, and I did some research and I had some answer for you, so I stay up until very late, like maybe. I don't know, maybe five o'clock in the morning. Actually, uh, I wanted to come down and meditate with you about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but I thought I haven't done my research yet. <laughs> uh, do, so do you... you want any more questions or you want to hear the research? Huh? Okay, just a short one, huh? then you go for lunch. Huh? And you're tired now? After a good sleep, are you still tired? (laughs) I can hear you from very far. (laughs) After all, uh, I have sympathy with you. You know, every day you're running, either for kids, for their school, or for your work and, you know, for your headache every day, for survival. So if you do sleep here, It's all right. It's all right. You make up at home. (laughs) (laughs) Meditate at home. Later, don't worry about it. (laughs) God knows. God knows we are in trouble here. (laughs) Okay. About the first... uh, What was the question? The the, the lawyer first, right? Hmm. Actually, you know, uh, in in this kind of situation, it is wrong. huh? because uh, the lawyer is there to protect the, ca- the, the company whenever the situation demands, not always uh, blindly defend for the company, even when the company is wrong. And that's, the, that's the purpose of having a lawyer anywhere or anytime, not, not only for the company but for private and for any uh, enterprise or any undertaking. huh? Suppose somebody wrongs us, right? Accuses us for something that we have not done, or accuses us for something uh, that uh, we rightfully just, huh? then we have to need a lawyer to defend for us because we do not uh, know much about the law. Huh? And he's more the expert, he can argue for us. Then we need the lawyer or the attorney whatever. Nah? They they should be the one who defend for the weak and help the the ignorant or the suppressed persons. So in the case of any company at all also if the company are wrongly accused and being taken advantages of by the employees or by other company then the lawyer should be using his best to defend for that company, then it's, it's okay. That's a, that's, that is the, the best way to use a lawyer or to have a lawyer. It's not just to have it there so that you always win, and your company always save money or take money from other people. right? So it is not the lawyer's fault, it's the company's fault. And even if a lawyer for any company or any individual should strive to understand the whole fact, and then defend for what is right, and not defend for the client, but defend for justice. Then it don't matter. But as the most case, people just make use of the lawyer to win the court case. It doesn't matter whether uh, it is right or wrong, then this is no good. OK? Yeah, so if you are a lawyer, if you intend to be a lawyer, if you're going to work for any company, for any person, you should bear this in mind. If your client is wrong, tell them they are, and you refuse to defend. Or you can change the policy of, com- of the company say, my profession is to defend for what is right and just. I cannot go over that. And if they fire you, go go do something else, sell tofu or something. Huh? <laughs> I told you yesterday, we don't have to live the life of uh, rich and famous in order to be a human being. The more we strive for, for outside richness and fame, the more we are slaves for all kind of uh, wrongdoing in this world. We should always strive to be righteous and right, and then it doesn't matter what we do. Then we will not fear of anything. You remember the story about Rama in India? When he was nominated to be king, future king, ah, okay, he was ready to be king. And when his father denominated him because of some incident with uh, the queen, the smallest queen, she got jealous and then talked him out of it. And so he was denominated <laughs> and exiled into a very far away country. Ah, he was also prepared to go. And people say, are you not sad? You don't stand up for your right and all that." He said, what for? If I'm given the kingdom, okay, then I will have to fulfill my obligation and do my duty the best as I can. But if the kingdom was taken away from me, ah good, then I don't have to do it. <laughs> I have a lot more time to meditate and to think of God, to do something else. When we look like that, it's good. When we look at things that way, we don't feel so confused and struggle inside anymore. We don't care. And that's the right attitude of anybody, especially for the quan Yin practitioners. Uh, before I came to D.C., I have already brought a ticket, and one of my companions also. And then when we went to the airport, he forgot, you know, he, he he probably have a different name. He has a different name, and then the other ID card is a different name, and he forgot to take the other new new one, yeah, and then the the airplane don't, the air ticket airline don't let him didn't let him uh, go, and the make so much trouble, so much fuss, you know. And this is inside America. Normally people don't check the name. I don't know why they did that, and so. Make so much trouble, and <laughs> and I was ready to <laughs> to curse the whole company <laughs> because it's the last minute, you know. And they tell us I have to go back, get your ID, and come back, and all that, and uh, we'll be late, and a lot of people waiting for us here, and I, we couldn't get in touch with them at that time because the organization wasn't that as uh, wasn't done properly yet, you know. The telephone and everything is not yet connected. But then I thought, uh-uh, no, 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 don't do that. It may be for something good. <laughs> and then I just smile. Yeah, it just makes you feel peaceful when you forgive people, and when you think that maybe that is God' arrangement for something else better or for somebody's benefit. It might not be your benefit. It might be somebody else's benefit. So. Whatever it is it's got arrangements, otherwise it wouldn't happen. That's what I think, all the time.? No? And then suddenly another lady jump in from nowhere and say, "Oh, you can buy another ticket with this ID card. <laughs> and then you know like um, refund the other ticket. so no problem. And then we go on time. We went on time also. It's not because of a new ticket or anything. It's just the attitude that make you feel so good. Good before, before the new arrangement comes. You already feel good. You already make peace with God and with the whole world within yourself. So this is is a very uh, beneficial way for us already, that we can think that way because we meditate, because we're calm in our heart and we don't feel hostile toward any situation or any people. So let alone somebody who has not done uh, us anything wrong, (laughs) like the client of the other opponent, (laughs) of the opponent, of the opposition. So uh, as a lawyer or any defender of justice, you should remember this. we rather do ourselves harm than do somebody else harm. Only uh, except for self-defense, then you do what you think is right. Hmm? But normally I just let God do what is right. I don't even bother to defend for myself. <laughs> 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 what is it to defend for ourselves after all? What do we have to defend for ourselves? To defend for myself so that I live longer in this body, and so that I eat more in a few more days or a few more years that I live, or defense for my fame, what for do I have any fame? And what for does it serve me? Of course, (coughs) it is good that if our our group have a good name, Mm? then it's more comfortable for us and we can do a lot of more beneficial things to mankind. But if it doesn't happen that way, then it's all right. (laughs) then I have less work to do. <laughs> and you have less brothers and sisters. I mean, uh, in the same group. Otherwise, they are also our brothers and sisters, even if they're outside our group. <laughs> it don't matter. We don't lose anything. <laughs> okay, there's another question about being bachelor. Huh? In the old time, uh, many of the masters Even now, they're married and they have children. But they would advise you, like Saint Paul, or like the Buddha, tell you not to marry. It's not because being married, uh, you cannot become a Buddha, or having some uh, physical exercise with your wife uh, stop you from becoming one with God. It's not that. It's just that if we are too indulgent in a physical awareness, then it's more difficult to rise up as a spiritual level. That's number one. So if you exercise everything in moderate, it's all right. Uh, that is number one. Number two, in old time, and even now, but let's talk about old time, why the masters advise people to be bachelor, to be single. In old time. It's more difficult to raise a family than now. Jobs and uh, say facilities are not as abundant as today. Do you agree? Yeah, very difficult. And if you want to travel to go to see a master, or to practice a retreat or something like that and you have a family is even more difficult than today. Today you can do extra job and then you can leave the family at home for a day or two or one week and you fly home very quickly. Or you go by train. In the old time if you want to see a master and you happen to live very far away, you have to go on donkey, go on foot, and it takes months. Could be years. <laughs> so how how are you going to leave your family behind and discharge your duty as a spiritual practitioner at the same time? It's more difficult. That is, if your family even let you go at all, huh. <laughs> and if your, your, even your conscience allows you to do that. And to raise a family and to earn a living in the, or in the old time is, is very, very strange. We always talk about the good old time, like as if uh, uh, in, before our time everything is more abundant, everything is more glorious and more clean and pure. It's not true. If you see the picture of the old time, the photo or the painting, you see the chimney are smoking uh, in the whole cities, right? And the horse uh, manure is all over on the street. Uh, and the cows and <laughs> the pigs and running everywhere, chickens and ducks and running in your apartment in New York, for example, huh? everywhere is, is not as clean as today. And not to talk about the, the bathroom, the toilet facility and all that, you know what it is like, huh? In the place of the dustbin today, there's a place of the, <laughs> the night, <laughs> night pot <laughs> and all kinds of things. Yeah, that was the old time. If you are single, it's, it's more easy for you at that time as a practitioner. Now you can picture the whole thing or not? Yeah? Okay. Because if you're a bachelor, you can just share a room with anybody or just live anywhere, huh? But if you have a family, a kid, and before, <laughs> before our time, you want to control birth, it's very difficult too. Uh, today you have more facilities. If you have want to have two children you can have two children. Well accidentally sometimes three or four but <laughs> but at least <laughs> the majority has the uh say has the opportunity to change the circumstance, yeah, or to choose. In the old time. No, you don't. So if you have a family you're bound hand and foot. And that's why the master of the old time tell you better be single. Huh? Understand now? So many things. It's not just that. And then suppose if you became a master even after being practicing for a long time, and then you have a big family, how you travel to uh, teach people and all that? Ah, yes, possible too, but you couldn't travel far. You couldn't stay long for months or something like that. There was a master in Muslim Sufis a long time ago. He's very famous. His name is uh, Mullah Nasuddin, if, if I'm right about the <laughs> spelling. yeah, He's a very funny guy. He, he has a wife and kids. <laughs> but he also can discharge his duty as a master. But he was dirt poor, and he couldn't travel very far anywhere because he has only a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and even sometimes people come and want to lend him to borrow his donkey. <laughs> so there was a joke about him. One time somebody came and wanted to borrow the donkey. And he said, no. The donkey is not here. Oh, he can tell lie too. <laughs> White light. And suddenly the donkey. Bah! <laughs> You know, in the old time, people keep donkey beside the house. You know, or behind the house in the small room or small stable, huh? and the donkey bay. And the the neighbor, said, huh? Master, you tell me, like, mula, you tell mom mula, mean the teacher, huh? you tell me. Like, the, the donkey just, uh, just I say. The donkey just bay, huh? And he, the the master was so indignant. Standing up and saying, Now you believe me or the donkey? (laughs) 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 Okay, so much with the master. (laughs) (laughs) And one day, one day he went to a neighbor, you know, talking about being dirt poor. He went to a neighbor's house in the garden and plucked some of the carrots. And put it in his bag, you know, plug it in and put it in his bag and ready to bring home. And the neighbor saw and said, Ah, Moolah, just what you're doing, plucking my uh, carrots and putting it in your bag like that. And the master stood up and said, Hey, yeah, I was just wondering the same question. <laughs> and then you came. <laughs> He also doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Very cute guy. <laughs> and then he also has family problems, even as a master. I mean, he doesn't talk that much, but just one or two jokes, you know, give us a picture. Like one day, one day he went to a shop, then a shopkeeper sell a pair of swords. Yeah? Very expensive. Uh, 50 gold pieces for a pair. And um, mullah just look at it and say, Oh, what is this? Why is it so expensive? It's only made of a piece of iron, you know, at the most. Why is this a 50 piece of gold in the old times? It's very expensive. So the owner of the shop said, Oh, mullah, you don't know. This sword is magical sword. When you go out and fight, they extend. Longer invisibly and reach the enemy and kill them. So the master do not say anything. He went home and he brought out a pair of uh, fire tongs, you know, that you use to pick up the hot coal from the fireplace. Okay, they call it fire tongs, right? Okay, he, he brought to the shop owner, you know, a pair of fire tongs and said, Here, sell this for 100,000, 100 gold piece. <laughs> you know? And the shop owner of the sword, you know, sword shop owner said, Why, Mullah? This is just an ordinary fire tongue, why 100 uh, gold piece?" And the Mullah said, You don't know. This might look ordinary to you, but when my wife throws it at me, <laughs> it can extend across the room of 50 yards. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, reach me without fail any time. <laughs> <is> very cute. <laughs> so if you have any problem with being single, you remember all this. <laughs> if you're single, you have problem. If you're married, you have problem too. But being a single, uh, there's a little less problem. I must say, huh? More freedom. <laughs> And uh, maybe more lonesome, <laughs> but uh, when you're married, you have more fun, but more trouble also. You, know, you pay for everything that you want to get in this life, and you have to be willing either way, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> make your own choice. It' not it's not that if you're married, you cannot become a Buddha. Hmm? Yeah. And about the person who talk about his own problem, the money problem, that he saw money oriented. Remember, mm. yeah. Well, that's a normal reaction of the mind if we are into something and intensively concentrated on it. Yeah. Mm. The same if uh, suppose you quarrel with your spouse before you sleep or during that day, and then before you sleep you didn't meditate enough, then when you wake up, you still remember the quarrel yesterday. Yeah, it still disturbs you very much. Sometimes even you meditate a lot, and the disturbing is still there. So you just have to take time to let it go. But if you quarrel again the next day, (laughs) and the next day again and again, then it will be very much disturbing and then it's very difficult to forget it. So it is better that uh, we try to uh, construct a very harmonious atmosphere at home. And that's why I advise you to uh, discharge your duty at, at, home, at home as best as you can, so that uh, everyone is happy, including yourself. And then you can meditate better you don't feel disturbed in the mind while you meditate, or even after meditation or during meditation. Now concerning daily work, like uh, making money and discharging your duty, as uh, your employment required, it's very difficult to put it down, put it down. That's why you have to meditate every day to erase some of it. But there is a solution to it. You know, even I sometimes, when I meditate, I think of the problem, too, because it was at hand. And it's sometimes pressing, pressing. sometimes very uh, difficult to get rid of. Yeah? So what I do is I write out the problem before I meditate. Okay, this I will have to solve. Ah, that's just one thing. I write it on a piece of paper and have a, a notebook beside you or in your pocket, small one, so it's not heavy. And then a pen, I told you that many times, but i tell you again, this is more practical uh, concerning your job. Because once you write it down, the mind feels better, okay, he's going to take care of it. It's already lessened the intensity and the pressure. When you finish your meditation, you can take care of it, you tell your mind. This, and then it, it ease off. And then if you know the solution, okay, now I'm going to meditate. You know you're going to meditate, but you know the solution to your problem, like, okay, I'm going to do this, do that tomorrow or to make more money or to solve that problem, then write that down too. And that's even better for the mind to calm down. Uh, but during meditation, sometimes you have better idea about how to solve that problem, how to make profit but not to take money from other people uh, unjustly. <laughs> that I don't advise. And during meditation, maybe the problem is still there, and then you have some clear idea what to do. And then you write out immediately on the piece of paper the ideas that come up into, in your head during meditation, because that is maybe the, the Master who answer you, who give you the solution. So write it down before you forget. And also, once you write it down, you're peaceful and then you can continue to meditate. So, don't hesitate. The meditation is not only to become a Buddha, I told you, it benefits you in many ways. Give you peace of mind, give you a clearer mind for your problem daily, and give you physical purification so that, that you become fit and healthy. There are many ways uh, you can benefit from meditation. It's not only to become a Buddha or to be one with God, it's just the byproducts are plenty. Miracles happen and uh, health are restored, a sickness is removed and problems is resolved. So do more meditation. And during meditation, if any ideas come up very clear to you, then write it down. And like this, you can continue meditate later, and the problem is gone. Okay? Understand? That's it. <laughs> and suppose after all this, the problem is still not gone, and it bugs you every day and bugs you too often that you couldn't meditate. Then you have to quit the job <laughs> or quit me. Yeah, there are some of our initiates before, after they became successful in some business, became rich and famous, they quit us too. Too busy, too busy, too engaged in socializing, in uh, lobbying, in uh, dinner party, lunch party, and meeting this and that high personage and uh, famous per- personalities, etc., etc., and then more and more demand all the time of their time. And then their energies, and then they come home, they don't meditate anymore enough. And the less they meditate, the more they are involved in worldly activities. And the more they are involved in worldly activities, the less they can feel you know, inclined to meditate. And so, you know, the vicious circle going, going, and then they live all together. And now, completely successful in the world. Use up all the energy and the merit earned. Uh, from the last period of meditation in the world again. I have told you to be successful in the world, but not as the cost of the spiritual progress. Understand? Because after we leave this world, we have nothing. We cannot bring anything with us. So if we cannot balance our life between spiritual and material again, we have to quit one or another. So if the choice is yours. Anytime we should choose the spiritual uh, progress before the material gain, of course. But I could not force you to make one choice or another. I just tell you the consequence. Money and fame is this very, very strong, powerful tool that the Maya use to nip us from our spiritual aspiration, so be careful.